Welcome to another episode of the Luke Humphrey Running Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Humphrey, and our mission is to help you maximize your training through a blend of science and practicability. So let's get going. All right. Hey, guys, it's Luke, and I am recording this on Monday, the 21st of December. So I just want to wish everyone a uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. I hope... uh, I hope you can find some something to be grateful for this year. I know it's been a really tough year for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. Um, as, I, <laughs> as I'm recording this, I'm actually trying to deal with the bank to try to get our uh, PPP money forgiven. Um, you know, we, took, we were able to take some money out and get that so we could hang on to everybody um, and... Uh, for the most part, it was good, but I filled out the paperwork and and uh, apparently $300 short from being able to get everything forgiven, uh, even though rent is supposed to be in there and utilities are supposed to be in there and all that good stuff. But uh, uh, a lot of hoops you got to jump through on that front, apparently. So uh, um, uh, just personally, I'm at this point to say, you know what, it's not even worth $300 because $300, my problem is that our lease ended in July of this year, and we moved to a cheaper office. And uh, so apparently that means your business hasn't been in existence, even though we've been in existence since 2006. But uh, whatever, you know, so at least it's only $300. So whatever. I'm just kind of done with it all, trying to, trying to prove existence and all that stuff. But so anyway, uh, hopefully you're in a better position. <laughs> better position uh it it'll be fine um but it's just more annoying than anything and apparently the just i guess my biggest thing is the uh, the lack of compassion this lady's on my case to send her something right now but i'm trying to coach and trying to uh do uh school with my daughter make sure she's on on online and doing what she's supposed to and she wants everything right now, um, and it's pretty clear she wants it now because she's going on uh, Christmas vacation. So uh, apparently it's her schedule. Um, anyway, that's what the most annoying part is. All right, so done ranting. Uh, let's talk about, today I want to talk about, uh, um, are your easy runs too easy? Ooh, I know, it sounds counterproductive because I'm always saying slow down on your easy runs. But uh, uh, let me jump into it and talk about uh, why how this post came into existence. So uh, I recently made a comment on my Strava log. Um, You can find me. What am I, Luke Humphrey? I don't even know. Look for me. My profile picture is the cover of the book. So you can find me. I'll look right now. But uh, in any case, yeah, so yeah, just Luke Humphrey, cover of the book. Look for me. I'd be happy to have you. Follow me. Follow you back. You can join the run cl- or, uh, club too, uh, Luke Humphrey Run, uh, Luke Humphrey Running Club team. About 900 and so people in there. But in any case, I made a post in there, um, and I just made a comment in my log about how um, I was trying to make a conscious effort to make my easy days a little bit easier, uh, and that prompted a question from one of my followers on there, and they essentially asked what the benefits of running faster on their easy days would be. And so I knew that question was coming, and I should have been better prepared for it then. But uh, I responded to them that that would make a good 
a good blog post. So here I am. Uh, but you know, you know me. If you follow me at any length of time, you know my answer, right? It depends, right? So um, you know, that's that's the answer to a lot of these type of questions, right? It depends. On, it depends on the person. Depends on the situation. All those things. So I kind of want to run through that a little bit. So, but not every run. You know, obviously, not every run should be your fastest. And as a, as a coach, the problem is that, like if I give you a range uh, of runs. Uh, usually it's the faster end of that range that is adhered to, right? And so um, as kind of a built-in governor, uh, it's more like, okay, well, I'll give you the slow end of stuff knowing that you'll probably cheat it down a little bit, and then I can still kind of keep keep you in the right range, you know, instead of just saying, oh, yeah, just go after it, and, uh, and then you get in the faster end of the range, and sometimes you get that too much. So that's what... Uh, that's what a lot of that comes from, but there are definitely times when um, pushing the pace a little bit is, is just fine. Um, and I'm going to talk about those scenarios where just kind of going beyond that LSD style, that long, slow distance style of running. Um, that's what I want to kind of go into a little bit today. So, so uh, as we dive in, I want to kind of give more context into why I wrote what I wrote in my log. And if you've been reading my posts or listening to my podcast, you know that. You know, I've been treading water. I have that, have that in the, the old air quotes as it comes to my training and fitness in 2020. Uh, but as the years come to closer to an end, and honestly, you know, it started a little bit before this weekend, but really, you know, watching the marathon project races was really great. Um, watching the Ekaden that Kevin and Keith had up here in Michigan, uh, I wasn't able to get to the half marathon because uh, somebody had to be there for uh, homeschooling. But, uh, you know, stuff like you just seeing those opportunities and people maximizing on those opportunities and then seeing people like Sarah Hall, who's 37 years old, running really well and then just kind of looking into it more and seeing like what the what the world record was for the Masters. And, you know, guys in their 40, 40, 41 years old have been running 207, 208. Um, you, go, you throw in guys like Abdi and Bernard Legat and um, – and, and others, and even Meb, when he won Boston, he that was a PR for Meb, and he was 39 at the time. So, you know, it's really kind of just installed me to like, hey, you can you can still do this, right? You just need to, um, you just need to commit, recommit yourself to it. Uh, and which I think, you know, for a long time, you commit. You, the thing was, thing with running, really probably anything that you do in life that you've done for a long time, you go through those, you go through those phases where it's just. Uh, it, it kind of wears you down, and I was definitely at that point, and then just being at a point where most people retire anyway. Um, but you know, honestly, I've come back, and I've, I really feel like there's definitely some some goals left that I want to accomplish, and I and I have the ability to, and honestly, I have the time to do it too. It's not. I think a lot of times, um, you know, I just had this conversation with a runner uh, today. Actually, is like you know, it's usually not the fitness that is the problem. It's usually the structure that goes away first, right? And then leads to loss of fitness. So if you can keep the structure, you can keep the fitness high. Um, but in any case, uh, prior to 2020, the vast majority of my easy runs were under seven minutes a mile. And when I was running my fastest, I would say most of my runs, um, yeah, I'd say easy, I use that term loosely, were more like in the 630 range. And so, um, you know, now I'm looking at it in most of 2020, you know, they've been more like, I'm going to say at least 715 pace, but I look back because I really want to take an honest assessment where I'm coming from to really know what I actually have to work on moving forward to get back to where I want to be, right? And so you have to know your history before you can move on to your future. 
And so, uh, so keep that in perspective. Even if I ran uh, 640 pace, you know, that's still 60 to 90 seconds slower per mile than what I'd want to run in the marathon, right? So if I want to run, you know, 510 to 515 in the marathon per mile, you know, I'm still, you know, even at 630, I'm a minute 15. So 645, so I'm a minute and a half uh, slower per mile than I would be from a marathon. So it's not like I'm telling you one thing and then trying to make another set of rules for myself. And, you know, so I'm still kind of falling in, into that range that I give that I give you guys. So it's not, it's really not a thing of me um, running faster than I need to be. It's really more kind of getting into that sweet, sweet spot of, you know, adaptation and just making things um, click along a little better. I think I was just too far on the slower side of the thing for everything, right? Um, so I was averaging slower every day than what I really what I really needed to. But um, but looking at looking back at it, you know, that, that difference between what I usually run up until you know really this past year it wasn't lack of ability. It's not like my ability just fell off. It was really just more making the conscious effort. I mean, and and many of you know this too, like uh, I read in our Facebook group a lot how people, you know, they're just kind of disheartened where they've started to train for a marathon only to have it canceled. And that's happened two or three times to them now. And now it's kind of like, well, why do I even get started, right? Because chances are it's just going to get canceled. And so it's hard to get in that mindset of doing the work every day. And so for most of us, you know, running is part of our life. It's not like we're not going to run. But as far as hard training and training for a specific goal, that's definitely taken a hit this year, right? And I think that's where I think that's where a lot of people are. But that's definitely where I was. was a, I was just, I guess, I wasn't just really making the conscious effort to kind of stay focused on those easy runs and and just kind of, oh, whatever, you know. It's not like I'm training for anything anyway, you know. And it's just kind of leaked out a little bit, so to say, you know. And and so that's where I that's where I was, but. Um, so looking at my goals, I realize that not everything can or should look the way it did when I was, you know, 25 or even 30 years old. You know, now I know that there's probably going to be weeks where I need um, more recovery between workouts. You know, I can put a stretch together where I could work out, you know, every third day, but how that looks might look a little bit different, you know. So instead of being um, workout, workout long run during that nine day cycle, it might be workout, medium, long run, workout, workout, big, long run, you know, so it might not be, those workouts might not be back to back all the time. It might be something where I know I can recover from a little bit better, just so I can have a few more days so that I can get to something that's a little more aggressive. But but the the basic structure looks the same, you know, it's just the spacing is a little bit different. and, And you just for you know, how, how well you can recover from things. Um, you know, but it made me think of, you know, just looking back at that. So the seven, you know, when I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking in my head, like if I was running, you know, 645s on averages and now I'm running 715s on average, um, I was kind of looking at the, 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 uh, the cascading effects of just kind of, you know, slacking. It's not like I wasn't doing any work, but I just, I definitely wasn't doing the work I usually do in the cascading effects that that had on me. Um, I definitely don't have any scientific backing on this, but for me, it was a cascading effect on the rest of my workout. So I was running significantly slower on my easy days. And so I went, when I went to do workouts, they just seemed so much faster than what they really should have been. So it was like, well, I, I just had a hard time convincing myself that I could run that fast. 
And then once I would, you know, and so it kind of was, I made it, I kind of had it in my head that it was going to be harder than what it should have been. And so it just translated into ultimately being harder than it should have been and really not running the workouts as well from that standpoint either. Because if I, you know, if I'm running 715s on average, I'm trying to run 515s uh, on a marathon pace workout. It just felt so fast. I felt like, man, I can't even run a 10K for that pace. So, and so I think a lot of it was mentally, I just couldn't cross that bridge. Uh, and so that really weighed, weighed on me. And I think that that definitely had an effect. Um, also, a thing to think about is I've been using the word averaged a lot in this post. And I think that that's important. So, um, you know, trust me when there's a, there's a r- run, uh, the day that following a hard workout, uh, I'm not going to run. I'm not going to force the issue to run faster. I'm going to probably go slower, right? At the very least, I'm going to let the first few miles be, you know, an attempt to just ease into it and just see how the body reacts. But, you know, so, you know, other thing to look at, if you look at my log too, you'll see a lot of times where those first, at least the mile. So like today, I think just trying to remember some of my splits, I think the first mile was 741, but I averaged, uh, you know, six under 650 pace for the, for the run for, so for that first mile, I was 741, but for the next nine miles, I must have been pretty significantly under 650 pace because the run averaged 650 pace, right? So, and I didn't feel particularly great, but I just kind of went out, warmed up, eased into it, and then I got faster and faster. I didn't just stay in that, you know, before it would have been easy for me to stay in that 720 to 730 range. Even if that first mile was 740, I would have just kind of hung out there. Now I've kind of said, okay, I'm warmed up. Let's just kind of see what happens. And then you just kind of get into the groove and then the effort feels the same. And, you know, it just ends up being a little bit faster run. But that's the, that's the big thing to think about. It's got to be the average. Like I don't just jump out and run 640 pace. I kind of work into it. And then same thing, like the day after workout's probably going to be slower than the average pace for the run the next day, right? And so it's all relative to what, what you're doing. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, you know, so, uh, I, I'm main thing is I'm talking about trends. So if I have four easy days in a week, then, uh, the average might include one to two runs that are closer to seven minute pace, a plus or minus, um, while one to three of those days, probably a touch faster than six thirty pace. Right. So, so don't get it twisted that uh, every run, every single run is faster. Just we're talking about, the trends over several days, over several weeks, over several months. Um, so with a little bit of context now, uh, when, I want to talk about when you should you know, let it rip or when you should um, uh, slow it down a little bit, slow your roll a little bit here. So, so three, three scenarios. I, I see. Uh, I see. I see that, uh, oops, sorry, I had a little mix up there. All right, so hopefully you can still hear me pretty well. Um, but three scenarios I see when uh, you make, decide to crank it up. All right, so when you take more easy days between workout days, SOS days, for instance, if you use a nine-day cycle or an alternator type of setup, I think those are those are the two main scenarios where you'd see a little bit more spacing between workouts. Um, Second one, if you have gotten faster in races, but your easy paces have stayed the same, and especially to say, say you've made a lot of improvement 
over the course of a couple of years and now you're running at a certain level, but your easy runs are still on the slower side of things and you've kind of plateaued out. That might be an instance to maybe increase the pace on those easy days and see if that, uh, see if that uh, uh, changes anything. And then the third one is if you're forcing yourself to slow down. So the second one's more kind of more, I, would, I guess, you know, loosely would say faster runners. Um, this third one would be more for maybe uh, the four to five hour range people, maybe even uh, north of five hours a little bit. But if you're forcing yourself to slow down to be in the range and it's causing gait change. So if your gait now is not natural, um, I see a lot of people who almost look like they're trying to decide if they want to run or they want to walk fast. Um, so that's at a point where you're probably too slow. You want to just kind of get into where you're at a natural running stride. And in that case, then I would just focus more on running in a natural stride and increasing your general endurance. And the pace will, the pace will be what it is. Um, it's almost kind of like uh, if you're in between like a run, a run walk, right? So if you want to do a run walk where you run a little bit and then you walk a little bit and the pace averages out to where you're supposed to be, you know, that's always an option too. Uh, but that's just, those are the three, th- three areas I would say probably makes the most sense to uh, crank that up a little bit. The two scenarios I see where you'd really kind of want to maybe slow it down is uh, if you're making a big jump. So say um, you ran four hours in the marathon and you are going to do uh, another marathon in in four months and you want to try to qualify for Boston. But in order to qualify for Boston, you have to run 325. So it's a huge jump from where you've performed, Um, but you're going to give it a go. So in here, I would say, Don't force the easy paces because the workouts are already going to be significantly harder than what you're accustomed to. So don't force the easy paces here. Let your effort dictate the pace. And if that's slower, it's slower. Um, And most of the time it will be as you especially get into the more meat and potatoes of the training, that easy pace is just naturally going to be slower. So, um, And it might not line up with where you want to be given that new goal time, but that's not the concern right now. Being able to hit the workouts is, is primarily your concern. So the easy days, just let them be what they are. You're still building the aerobic fitness. It's not a, it's not a huge deal. You're trying, you know, you've got to make that in that case, the recovery is much more important than the pace of the, the easy run. And then the second one is um, you've tried increasing your average paces, but now your workouts are suffering. So your workouts were where they wanted you, where you wanted to, them to be. And so the next step was like, okay, I'm going to try to increase the pace of my easy runs. Okay, so you did that for a few weeks, but now your workouts are starting to slow down. That's probably a sign that easy days are probably a little bit too tough, right? So um, let's scale those back again and then make sure the workouts are, are, are um, going the way you want them to go to. All right, so from there, we can talk about how you start introducing more moderate paced runs. And so I've got a quick what a week might look like based on the uh, classic HMM plans. So Monday, start out, we'll start off with Monday. I would say recovery to easy pace. For most people, the recovery pace is really slow and you kind of get into that range of where the stride isn't natural. So I, I use that term loosely. Most people, it's more e- on the slower side of the easy of the easy range. But just because the reason I say that is because you're just coming off a bigger weekend of mileage and probably more effort, especially if you got after it on the long run. And you have a you have a workout on Tuesday. So you have that Monday that's really a recovery day that's bridging the gap between two bigger days, right? 
And so you want to make sure that you're recovering from that. So I really, I don't think that would be my first choice of putting a faster, easy run in there. Tuesday is your SOS day, Wednesday's off, Thursday's SOS, and then Friday you get to the point, same situation, um, kind of the same situation as where you'd have for Monday. You've just done a bunch of work. We want to make sure we're recovered. And you're probably going to be tired from doing it Tuesday and Thursday. Because a lot of people don't, a lot of people, that off day is almost worse for them because it you know, might almost makes more sense to run like 20, 30 minutes just to shake your legs out. Come back, do that Thursday workout. But in any case, you've just done two workouts in three days, right? And so Friday, let Friday be a slower recovery run. Then Saturday and Sunday are your two bigger mileage days, right? So Saturday, maybe you go from, uh, so Friday, say you were, more like slower end of easy into that recovery zone. Let Saturday be kind of the flip of that, go into easy to moderate. And so it's a little bit faster than Friday. And then Sunday, you go faster still, right? So you go back in, and then you want to be in the moderate to long run pace range. And that works out really well. And then you start that cycle back over where Monday is going to be a slower, making sure you're recovered from the long run and make sure you're ready to go on Tuesday, right? And so you just keep repeating that cycle and that works out pretty well all right so over time you might find that the nat- your, your natural pace on your easy runs just becomes faster sometimes we just have to convince ourselves first and then the body takes over if so just let it roll you know if that's what's naturally happening don't force you know there's not necessarily have to force yourself down unless you get to one of those two situations where you know you're in your fort you're trying to run a really big um, pr and the workouts are already tough enough, or now your workouts are suffering because your easy paces are faster, right? And then, and then back it down. But over time, that'll become less and less and less, and then it'll just naturally be a little bit faster. And for me, it was a matter of convincing myself that I could still train pretty close to what I had to in the past. And for you, it might just be convincing yourself that you're ready to take the next step. But either way, long term this can lead to bigger breakthroughs and given that you monitor data and physiological feedback right so you're taking the data but you're also taking into account how you feel how you're recovering is your body reacting well you know you're tired but you're still able to do everything all those things have to be taken into account so i see so many times people just say they want to look at the numbers but they don't want to take the feedback from your body to you know you have to take all of it and put the whole puzzle together right But uh, lastly, I think it just adds, to me, it just adds a little bit of variety. If you find yourself bored on easy days, you know, like, you know, that that day after a hard, a couple hard workouts in a relatively short period of time, it's a welcomed break, right? And then you start feeling better. And then you, and then those moderate pace runs, you really kind of, you focus a little bit more. And I I, I like those because you're, you're forced to think about what you're doing and you're forced to think about. And you're forced to think about things like how you're feeling, how your body's reacting, how the pace is, are you too fast, are you too slow? And honestly, I think those things carry over into race day as well. And I think those are those are big benefits to have. So ultimately, even on those easy days, you can learn stuff that's going to help you on, uh, on race day as well. So sprinkle them in. You know, I'll give you a loose timeline of, of how to do that. Um, Try it out, see what happens, and uh, you know, give it a few weeks, and see how your body reacts. So, but to me, that's a big. It's always been a big stepping stone. Really, kind of, if I can do the workouts and then the easy runs are within that range that I like, 
I know I'm going to be really fit. I'm going to be ready to go. So, you know, that's just kind of, but that's the long answer to uh, the post I made in my, in my running log. So hopefully that gives, gives people some answers. So uh, that's it for this week. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Like I said, have a great Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone. Uh, I'll try to get a post out next week. Uh, but that'll be the last one of 2020. Thank, thank God, right? Thank God 2020 is over. All right. So uh, I'll talk to you guys later and have a great week. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Luke Humphrey Running Podcast with your host, Luke Humphrey. If you like our show and want to learn more, please visit us at www.lukehumphreyrunning.com for blogs, podcasts, coaching, and training options. See you next time.